LDS Popcorn Talk is not owned or operated by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or any other organization. All opinions and statements made by the host or any other guests are of their own and not of any organization or church affiliation unless otherwise previously stated. Welcome back to another episode of LDS Popcorn Talk. I am your host, Brother Samson. First off, I wanted to say one thing. I know it's been a very long time, and I said things were going to change. Well, I did move. Got up to Michigan. I've been here for over a month now. Actually, it's been about a month and a week. And I finally got a job. I've been working and everything else, so we're back up and running. Yesterday, I was at church, and of course, everything goes as normal, which, by the way, I have to say, in this branch that I'm in, I'm loving it. I absolutely love the people, I love the structure, and everything in between. We actually run on a little bit shorter of a schedule because of how few people we have, but I love it. I'm loving every moment that I'm there. I'm loving that today I'm getting to go serve uh, and go help someone move, and it's just going to be a good day. And of course, yesterday, and if you are in my branch and you listen, I just want you to know, you will be hearing me speak on Sunday. Yes, that's right. I do have a talk. Uh, it's my first talk in probably a lot of years. But I actually wanted to talk about it, and I might actually record it while I'm giving my talk on Sunday. I might actually bust out my phone, hit record on this app that I have, that I use to record all of these podcast episodes so that all of you can be brought in as if you were on uh, in my branch on Sunday listening to my talk. Now, I'm not saying that I'm the best talker in the world or anything like that, but this one, I believe, is just very near and dear to my heart, and it will be something that I'm researching rather than just flying by the seat of my pants with as I go about in these uh, episodes that I record. So my topic was that I was actually given a talk from this previous uh, conference by Elder Held of the 70, and he spoke on seeking knowledge by the Spirit. I really like how he puts it into perspective. There's one thing that he particularly notes that God didn't just give us one eye, one physical eye to physically see with. He gave us two. We could see perfectly with one eye. It is sufficient to just see normal. But he gave us two to give us a broader perspective, a more, as he put it, 3D image. I think of it 
this way, and I'm this is me adding my own conjecture. We have peripheral vision. For those that have terrible peripheral vision, I apologize, uh, but I'm going to use this to my devices here. We have peripheral vision so that we can see things not exactly clear, but they are there. Like, as I drive, I can see cars passing me. I know that someone is there when they come into my peripheral vision, or maybe they're, as I'm standing in a at a job site, I can see a vehicle coming at me, or uh, a, a piece of heavy machinery headed my way as well, so I can, it draws my attention to it. And that's where I think that the spirit actually comes into effect. So rather than the one eye versus two eyes, uh, as he describes it, the physical and the spiritual, I believe our physical is our straight focus, what we are looking at, what we are focused on at that moment in time, whether we turn to the left or turn to the right, that is our physical, what we are seeing and what we are focusing on. But the spirit, as long as we are worthy to hold its companionship, is always there, just like our peripheral vision. And if we are in tune to it, then we will be in tune to the warnings, the promptings, something of that nature. So, let's talk about you're standing there and you're talking to someone, but then someone else comes up. What do we do when we see someone coming up in our peripheral vision? We look, especially if it seems like they're walking straight towards us, we look in their direction. If that's like the spirit, the spirit is walking up towards you or trying to speak to you. And if you are in tune, you will turn yourself towards the spirit and focus your attention on the spirit. I really wish I was writing this down right now. But if you can hear the road noise, obviously I'm driving and recording at the same time. Yes, I am focusing on the road and talking. It's, it's, it's a skill that I've learned to work with since I started this type of job and this type of career. So bear with me as I always go through these things and tend to record as I'm driving as it seems to be my only quiet time that I have between work and my kids at home. I just don't have too much quiet time back to what I was saying. So if we have that where we're in tune to it, we will turn to the spirit and focus directly on the spirit and then follow those promptings and move on. But if we're not, we're ignoring it and maybe that person isn't paying attention that's walking towards you. Maybe that person isn't someone who's trying to come talk to you, but someone who's just looking at their phone, not paying attention to where they're going and they run into you. So the spirit is trying to speak to you, but it just goes through you and you don't follow the prompting. So a consequence may follow. Maybe that prompting was supposed to save your life. You know, get out of the way. You're going to get hit by a car or, you know, and that's obviously extreme, but that prompting is there. It's whether or not we turn to focus on the prompting or not, 
that is where we are seeking knowledge through the Spirit. I equate this to a few key concepts. One, are we worthy of the companionship of the Holy Spirit? Are we actively seeking the companionship of the Holy Ghost? it was Elder Bednar that equated worthiness as striving to be better every day, better than we were the day before. I've talked about this before in previous episodes, but it's something that's key because I'll use some things that other people have told me in the past they don't feel worthy of the Spirit, so they know they never hear the Spirit, that the Spirit is never speaking to them. I disagree. I believe that the Spirit, if we have been confirmed and received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit is always there trying to speak to us. It's whether or not we are in tune to the Spirit. Let me give you an example. And of course, this is from my life, my personal life. I was going about unworthy. If you've listened to these episodes of my of the podcast, you've actually heard my story before, and now I'm just rehashing it. So I was going about my life completely unworthy, doing everything under the sun that I could that was against the church, and just going about and doing whatever the heck I wanted to. But it was the spirit that came in, that was constantly speaking to me, saying, like, kind of this nagging feeling in my heart and in my mind that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then finally, the Spirit sent the missionaries and other people into my life again to basically bash it in, like, look, you could be achieving so much more in your life if you would just follow me and follow the gospel. So put that down, take those out, get back on the path. So the Spirit was constantly speaking to me, but I had to finally open my open my heart and listen to it. So next, besides just being worthy, are we doing things that allow us to hear the Spirit? Now that's not being worthy, that's a totally different thing. Are we actively seeking knowledge? Are we studying our scriptures? Are we searching through and feasting upon the words of Christ? Now, I'm not saying only read the chapters in the Book of Mormon or in the Bible, in the New Testament of Christ's words. I'm talking about his prophets and his apostles that are here today. Are we also listening to their words or searching out in the written text of their words? Doing those things, reading and studying, pondering, listening, really opening ourselves up to listen to the Spirit will help us seek knowledge that is on those pages. I will admit that while I've been reading the Scriptures 
in the past, I've just read through. Nothing jumped out. I didn't get a prompting or anything like that. I just went through the motions. But sometimes it takes going through the motions for us to be able to open up our hearts and our minds and our spiritual ears to gain that knowledge. The third thing is prayer. Yes, I'm using the, the Sunday school answers as they are commonly referred to. Prayer is key. Prayer is probably the biggest thing that we can do. And I'm not talking your general, bless the food that it will nourish and strengthen our bodies, amen. You know, rub it up, dub thanks for the grub, amen. <laughs> you know, th those little things. Because we tend to fall into those habits. I have fallen into those habits. All of us have fallen into those habits. I I challenge you to ask someone and, and have them be honest with you. Have you fallen into these habits? I can almost guarantee you that maybe not 100% of the people, probably 99.9% .9 of the people will say, yes, I have fallen into those habits. Something that someone told me a long time ago really affected me. was not a member of the church. It was actually a pastor of a, of a different church. We were talking about prayer. Uh, him, and, him and I used to go to the gym every morning, Monday through Friday, and work out together. Uh, bright and early, usually 5 o'clock in the morning, we were at the gym lifting weights. Or running on the treadmill or whatever. And we would talk as we're working out talked about prayer, and I told him that sometimes I feel like I'm stuck in a rut in my prayers. His response was, is that how you talk to your own dad? Well, to be honest, sometimes yes. So dad, if you're listening, I kind of doubt that you are, just because, you know, we, we don't have the same beliefs, but... If you are listening, I apologize. Sometimes I do fall in a rut. You know, the, the typical teenager at the time. How was your day? Eh, it was okay. What'd you learn at school? Stuff. What'd you eat? Stuff. Food. Whatever, right? We've all been in that habit too with our parents. But we, we get stuck in this rut. And, and I told them, yeah, sometimes I have, but most of the time... Uh, no, I, I talk to him. I have a conversation with him. And he looked at me and he just said it plainly. Well, that's how you should talk to your father in heaven. That's how you should talk to God. He is your father. Talk to him as if you're having a conversation. Laugh with him. Cry with him. And that really stuck with me. So I started praying in the morning with, this is what I'm going to do today. This is what my plan is. These are what my goals are. And I'd ask a question, what do you think about that? Do these goals match what you want from me today? Then I'd wait for a response. 
Sometimes I didn't get one. Sometimes I did. No, I would not sit there for five hours waiting for a response. I would give it a decent amount of time. But I wouldn't also, I wouldn't either track time. I wouldn't time it and say, oh, after two minutes or 30 seconds or whatever, I'm going to just keep on going. No, I'd just give it a little bit of time. Just whatever felt sufficient at that time. And then I'd continue on. Say my, give my thanks, ask for the blessings that I need that day. You know, if I'm part, if I know I'm going to be dealing with a particular person who is difficult, I might ask him for, you know, what should I do in this situation? Not so much a give me patience because then I'm pretty sure that that guy is going to be particularly difficult that day. But I'd say, what would you recommend me to say to this gentleman? Please just. Let your voice be heard through my mouth as I talk to this particular gentleman or or woman this day. And then, of course, I'd always, you know, just end the normal way. And then at night, I'd recount my day. You know, usually started out with a especially on those days that I was dealing with a particular person. Thank you for guiding me in what to say that I, that worked out great. I really feel like I could feel thy spirit with me. And keeping myself from a confrontation. Thy spirit saved me today. This is what I did. You know, I didn't meet this goal. I did meet this goal. Whatever the case was. And then, of course, I'd ask, what do you think I should do tomorrow? What should be my goals tomorrow? Then I'd ponder and listen. Martyred. The 
spirit left the world. There was no one that held the spirit as a gift or could confer the gift of the Holy Spirit on the earth. So the spirit had departed for a time. In the 1800s, there was no grand things happening. Yes, there, there were some things happening, but it was at a very slow pace. We were still using hand carts. Yes, there were trains and things like that. There were inventions, but it was still a very slow pace. In hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years, it took to get to the point that we were then printing press, things like that. All of a sudden, we are given the gift of the Holy Spirit once more. The world was blessed that day. And it spread like wildfire. Now, in less than a hundred years, we had huge technological advancements. We are less than 200 years, and we have even more technological advances than we did then. We have a phone that is also a computer. We can do so many things on this little device that we hold in our pocket, that we carry every day with us. across the world in an instant. We can travel across the world in a matter of hours. Things that were unheard of before the Spirit was brought back onto the earth. They may have been theories. They may have been thought of by someone at some point in what we call the Dark Ages. We have medical advances that, that have cured diseases and prevent diseases that killed hundreds of thousands. what I do as my profession currently. And it is amazing to me to see that these cables and these things in the ground, what they do and how minuscule they seem to us. But in all reality, they are on a larger scale than we will ever be. Than we will ever understand trainer in the class that I'm in right now, he put it very, very nicely. All he understood, and really all I understood about electricity was, I turn on a light, I flip a light switch and I have lights on in my house. But the complex system that it, that is involved to get from the raw material to the electricity that goes from that 
power plant and travels probably hundreds of miles all the way to your light switch. It is so complex, yet so simple. In the minds of most people, it is just a simple flick of the switch and I have light. But there is so much behind it. That gets to my other point, but let me talk about that for just a moment. So you have a power plant. I'm going to talk about the base system here. So you have a power plant that burns out, burns down certain things to generate electricity, or you know uses turbines and water from dams to generate that electricity through magnets and coils and everything else, and it gets stored, and then it gets sent out. So it gets stored in these battery-type deals or these coils. I don't know all the details on that, but that's my general understanding. And then it gets sent out in these big cables. Many people see them across the nation as you're driving. Like if you're on a road trip, you see those huge metal towers with those four lines on them. Those are transmission electric cables. One of them is the ground. The other three are these cables that are just massive that carry the electricity and then they go to this spot that is it's a station and then it keeps branching it out right and then it comes to a substation a substations then transfer that line those that electricity from those overhead lines into the underground lines then these underground lines go out and get dispersed and go to these cabinets called switch cabinets and from the switch cabinets, it goes to a transformer where it downgrades the electrical voltage, the amperage, to a more usable electrical, uh, to a more usable electrical force. And then it goes into the transformer, it, it reduces the voltage, and then it gets pushed out usually to pedestals, but sometimes directly to your home. And then your home is powered by that 120 or 240, or in some cases 220, 440. And it's able to do the things that we needed to do, turn on a light, run the refrigerator, do all these things, right? These things, like, and we're going to stick with the light thing where you flip on a switch and the light comes on. So when you think of the prophet or the apostles or a bishop that you look up to or a branch president that you look up to or maybe even brothers, Brother Johnson who sits next to you in church and always has these great insights and is always having these spiritual experiences and the Holy Spirit seems to just talk to them on a regular basis. Well, they're doing all these steps to stay in that state that they are able and willing to listen to the Spirit. Much like your light switch is able and willing as long as it is properly working to flip on a light, to turn on the light and illuminate that room. It 
seem simple, but the background is so complex. And is more involved than most people understand. my original point. All this knowledge, all these inventions, all these wonderful things that have happened. And this is actually a point from a brother in, the, in my branch. But I really liked that he put it that way. All these technological advances that happened in such a short amount of time were preceded by the Holy Spirit being poured back onto the earth. exponentially expanded and the spirit was reintroduced into the world. If you have gone to BYU, BYU-Idaho, BYU-Hawaii, BYU Business School, uh, or done Pathways, I understand it because I started through Pathways I haven't quite finished it, and I gotta redo it all because I technically failed my class. But if you go through pathways, they really touch base on this. Not only should we be seeking the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our spiritual studies, but also in our worldly studies. directly quoting, but Gordon B. Hinckley, President Gordon B. Hinckley, touched on this a lot, that we should be expanding our, our worldly knowledge as well, go back to school, get a degree, continue to learn. Now, not necessarily is everybody going to have the ability or time or anything like that to go directly back to college and gain a degree. But, you can constantly be learning. And if you are, say, studying for uh, a certification test, let's say you wanna, you're in the construction business and you want to get a CDL permit, so a commercial driver's license permit or license in general, you have to take a test. And if you want that Class A certification, along with a hazmat endorsement. When you're studying the material, pray to your Heavenly Father to have the Spirit with you, to teach you what you need to know and to be able to retain that knowledge that you are studying. I actually used that today. I used that today. I have been... Um, what's called Operator Qualified, or OQ. I have had that OQ certification prior for working with gas utilities, or specifically locating gas utilities. I've had it before, but it was almost five years ago that I took that test. 
fact, I want to say that it was more than five years ago since I was operator qualified. So I had to do it again. So as I was watching this, these videos and taking these quizzes and these tests, I was praying, let me recall this information. And I didn't have to take a single test over multiple times. I didn't have to take those quizzes multiple times. It was the first time through I was able to pass. Was it 100% on all of them? No. I missed one question in two of the tests. So that's two missed questions out of, I believe, like 50 or so questions, probably somewhere around there. But I was able to go through it once and be done. Now, yes, I have the experience and I was able to recall the knowledge, but I believe, truly believe that the Spirit was guiding me to recall that knowledge. And even those two that I got incorrect, I was, ah, oh, man, you know, I, I, I should have known better, but I could have done both. So that's why I went with this one instead of this one or the other one. Uh, honestly, I just, the question confused me. I don't believe I understood the wording 100%. still able to pass one time through. We all know that the Spirit is willing and able to guide us through our spiritual knowledge, to gain knowledge of the spiritual things that we need to go through this life. also have the ability through the Spirit to learn worldly knowledge to benefit us on this earth. If you don't know that, I urge you and I challenge you to go out and find out for yourself. You want to learn something? Let's say you want to learn how to do basic very simple uh, website building. Yes, there are websites out there that will help you with that. But there's other ways that you can do it. And you can learn how to do it yourself. There are books out there. Go pick out a book. But pray first before you start studying that book and, tr that book and trying to learn how to do it. Pray. Pray beforehand. Things that you may think that you won't retain, you will retain more as long as you have faith that the Spirit is actually going to guide you in that endeavor. In fact, this is something that I've been wanting to rehash with my wife and let her know again that as she's going through and studying these things that are prerequisites to um, we're going to get a certification in October that she should pray before she starts studying because she will retain it better because the Spirit will guide her in that retention. The Spirit knows all. Every bit of knowledge that is on this earth, God knows. Therefore, the Spirit knows. Spirit is willing to assist us in those things. 
our disposal. And God wants us to use it. I love my Heavenly Father. I love Jesus Christ. And I love the Spirit that came after me. Because He is my direct line for knowing what my Heavenly Father wants for me and my family and anyone else that I may be put I don't want to say in charge of but I can't remember the other word at this moment the spirit will speak to us the spirit will guide us Thank you for listening to this episode of LDS Popcorn Talk. This is Brother Samson signing off. Have a blessed day. Hit one little button right there. I want everybody to close their eyes really quick. And yes, I can tell if you're not. So keep your eyes closed for a bit here. I want you to imagine something. Imagine there are trees all around. The sound of exotic birds chirping and singing is in the air. The breath of a great amount of people is the only other ambient sound. In the distance, you are focused on a single voice, almost inaudible, but you are still straining to listen. After the speaking is done, a man comes by and hands you a piece of parchment. You begin to read the parchment and your heart swells with joy. Now imagine a large stone city of which you are new to and do not recognize about half the languages that are being spoken. The crowds are bustling about their day. All of a sudden, a loud wind rushes through and seems to point everyone around to a single building. Men come out of the building and start to preach and speak to everyone around. To your astonishment, you hear them in your language clearer than you heard it in years. Now you are alone, lying in your own bed, exhausted from the day. Your doorbell rings. You answer it and see no one standing there. But when you look down, there's a note. You pick it up and you read it and it simply states, I know you had a long day. I just wanted to remind you that God loves you. Now you may open your eyes. The Spirit speaks to all of us in different ways. It has come and gone through time. But one thing is certain about the spirit, it will only speak truth. The things I had to imagine, two of them are from the scriptures. The first, of course, was from King Benjamin's speech to the Nephites. I can only imagine that how it would feel like while, if we were there. We traveled from miles and miles and miles on foot to hear our king speak. And if you were in the furthest back, not up close, 
to the tower, but further back, you couldn't hear him. So, of course, you had to rely on the Spirit to teach you the truth. The second, of course, was the day of Pentecost. Men and women gathered around the sound of the rushing wind. The apostles came out and began to speak. The Spirit worked through them to teach the people from all the nations that surrounded them. And I can't fathom how amazing that was for each individual person to look to another and say, hey, I just heard what they were saying and I completely understood it because they were speaking my language. And then the next person is saying the same thing and they don't even speak the exact same language. That's something that I experienced in Guatemala. I served my mission in Guatemala City, Guatemala City South, and um, it was amazing how the Spirit worked to help me learn the language when I struggled with it in high school. And I mean really struggled, I could only say, hola, como estas? <laughs> the last thing I had you imagine is not a specific story, but something that we've probably all heard from friends, family, from prophets and apostles, the simple things. The Spirit worked, sorry, <laughs> I'm still trying to read my notes here, so. Uh, God does utilize the Spirit to impress upon someone's heart to visit or simply leave a note to another who may be struggling. It is those things that have helped me, have helped others that I know in my life and friends and family. The Spirit is a crucial part of our earthly experience. It was poured out onto the disciples of Christ shortly after his ascension to heaven was lost for a time during what we call the Dark Ages, then returned and has now flooded the earth since the restoration of the Gospel of Christ. As it was pointed out a few weeks ago in our Sunday School lesson, not only did it bring about the restoration of the Gospel and bring it out to the world, it also brought about a lot of changes in our world. We've seen technology change more in 200 years than we have in thousands something to kind of think about that the Spirit is actually guiding them in that. And we'll actually touch on that a little bit later. The Spirit truly is a gift and will also give us gifts to further ourselves and those around us, whether it be our understanding of spiritual truths or an idea for an invention. Elder Held of the Seventy stated, we can receive light and understanding not only through the logical reasoning of our minds, but also through the guidance and inspiration of the Holy Ghost. I really liked how he talked about that this last general conference. Something that he brought up was a story of his conversion. So if anybody remembers this, I'm still going to rehash it anyways. Um, he's a very logical person, so he's thinking about it logically. He's talking to his wife. You know, some guys come in that she randomly invited because she was inviting, you know, door-to-door -door salesmen in, so why not the missionaries? <laughs> Well, it seemed that God had placed them in the right place in the right time at that moment. And the Spirit, logically, everything was making sense to him. So they're saying, yes, everything makes sense. But the Spirit hadn't fully given him a confirmation yet. But finally, they did receive that confirmation, and now he is in the 70s. So really, I mean, it's, it's truly a wonderful thing that we have this opportunity to have the gift of the Holy Spirit. I can't count how many times it's assisted me in my life. Some of you have heard the story of how we came about moving here, and that was definitely guidance from the Spirit. Um, and also God just nudging me a little bit, you're going in the wrong direction, go this way. <laughs> Thank you.
I have actually spoken to many of my friends and family about the logical reasons because they ask me, well, logically, does it make sense? And I do. I tell them it does logically make sense. If you read in the Bible and everywhere else, because, of course, most of my family, actually all my family are not members of the church, except for maybe some distant aunts or cousins somewhere out east here. But logically, I would explain it to them. Well, in the Bible, you read that there are prophets, so there should be a prophet now, right? Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Okay, cool. Makes sense. Logically, we should be able to receive revelation and hear the voice of God in a sense, however we feel it personally, right? Because others did back in the previous dispensations. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Oh, okay. Well, at least you believe something there that we're talking about. But then it gets to the point where they're like, it logically makes sense, but I don't think I can believe in the church. I don't think I believe that some kid was told to basically restore the church of Christ. That's what people tell me. And so I pray. I'm like, hey, come on, give them that confirmation. I'd love to see these people in church. I would love to see them get baptized. I would love to see them join me in the joy that I have in the gospel. Sorry, I want to look for this exact phrase because I think I wrote it kind of okay. <laughs> so, but the Spirit constantly reminds me that they, need, that they need to seek with an open heart and the truth will be shown unto them. Those promptings reminded me that God doesn't just give, but he asks us to do a little bit of work beforehand. And that's something that a lot of people that I personally know kind of miss. They have want something and they ask for something, but they don't realize that they're asking in the wrong way, that they're close-minded, they're close-hearted, whatever. But the Spirit, as long as we have that open heart, that softened heart, and if I had my Spanish Bible in front of me, I'd actually read you from it because it was the most beautiful verse ever. It's Ezekiel 36, 26. And it does, I think Spanish language is gorgeous, and it just takes it to a whole different level. So, as far as that goes, we do have to have that situation before us that we're willing to receive, and then we receive. Those prompting, uh, I'm sorry, I just backtracked for a second there. <laughs> Much like teachers in school, we should try to solve the equation after instruction has been given. If we are unsuccessful at our attempts, the teacher or a tutor will help us understand and ultimately solve it. The equations or problems we have to solve in this life have a very wide range. Some are very specific and seem simple, such as the Ten Commandments. Others are more complex, such as Gordon B. Hinckley's commission to everyone to continue our education in whatever way or capacity. The level of difficulty for any of these problems is based on the individual, but regardless of difficulty, our Father in Heaven has sent us the perfect tutor to help us solve these problems. Christ said to his disciples from John 16, verses 13 through 15, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come 
he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. I do absolutely love this scripture as a reminder that God has all, meaning literally all. He has everything. Not little bits and pieces that we, we tend to narrow our, our view of God, and I'm guilty of it myself, where it's just the spiritual things. But I had started Pathways last year. I didn't go finish it, different story for a different time, but one of the main lessons in the first semester, in the first class you take in Pathways, is utilizing the spirit while studying for your class. Now to me, of course, I'm going, well, that makes no sense, but it makes perfect sense all at the same time. Um, and then if I can't remember the exact quotes or anything from it. I couldn't find it when I searched for it for about three hours. <laughs> but um, I did, I do remember specifically what I previously stated. He has all, he knows all, and he will give unto us all good things that are for our benefit and our learning. As long as we take that step to really reach out and say, hey, I do need some help with this. Can you help me? The Spirit will guide us. Now I wish to backtrack to that previous statement I had made um, about a few weeks ago in Sunday school and how the technology has changed. So, the ever-expanding ever nature of technology and other advancements since the time of the Restoration. How is it that for hundreds of years it seemed that the world took so long to advance, but since the 1800s we have had such success in our advancements? Many people would say that each piece of technology that was created helped bring forth our modern technology. Now, I'm not saying that they are wrong, because they are right, but I am saying that the human race was guided by the spirit in each. Each step that was given for the technology that we had at that time to advance that technology was guided by the spirit. Think about people who have come up with cures for diseases or for vaccines for diseases, things like that. You know, the very serious ones that we need in order to survive from, I have my youngest who's over one years old now, but Without some of those vaccines, he could have come down with a disease that he wouldn't have seen this age. My oldest back here, of course, same deal. I'd like to think that technology, whether it be used for good or evil, was actually ultimately created for good. We have these devices right here that we utilize, whether it be for good or evil. That's our choice. God has given us a choice. He knew that when someone came up with this idea for a phone that we can hold in our pocket and carry our scriptures around and reach out to people at any moment's notice if we need help, that Satan's going to use it for other devices as well. He knew that. But he also knows that there are those people out there that will utilize the technology for its good and not for its evil. We have a great opportunity before us, brothers and sisters, to learn and to grow with the Spirit at our side, guiding us to the truth of all things 
and bringing remembrance of all good things to our minds and hearts. Our potential is limitless because we are our Heavenly Father's children. He wants us to have all that He has and know all that He knows. We also have the best teacher and tutor there is available, namely the Holy Spirit. He is our constant companion. Why shouldn't we utilize him constantly and consistently? I'd like to bear my testimony right now to you, brothers and sisters, that the Spirit is there. He's ready, he's willing to talk to us. He's ready and willing to guide us through everything and anything that we can possibly imagine. Whether it be as simple as, I don't understand this scripture, can you help me? Or, I don't understand why I can't drink coffee, can you help me? You know, I've, I've heard it all, I've seen it all, I've done it all. And without the Spirit, my life was dull. My life was dim. I had the worst time in high school. I had the worst time after high school. I had just this tumultuous time of what I'd like to call my personal dark ages. But since I allowed the Spirit back into my life and actually started asking for guidance, whether it be learning how to be a good husband first, and then not too much later, a father as well, to learning how to locate underground utility lines, since I've been doing that for five years. The Spirit has guided me. I have seen it in my everyday life. I have seen it in the grand scheme of things. And that's because I had to sit down and then kneel and ask. The Spirit is the greatest teacher that we have at our disposal. We do have the scriptures. We do have the prophets and the apostles. But ultimately, we will not learn the truth of what they speak and what we read without the Spirit guiding us and telling us, this is true. This reading, this talk, this speech from the prophet was meant for you. And that's what the Spirit does. We can learn all things through the Spirit. And that is my testimony to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen. I just wanted to say thank you all for your patience with me as even this transition to this other state has pretty much halted my production of podcast episodes. This one in particular, I had recorded two separate recordings. The first recording, obviously, was before my talk in church. The second recording was my talk in church. And it took basically a month to get this episode out. And I wanted to apologize to everybody for that. But here I am, coming back... It may not be as often as we all want, um, but I I still want to continue on with this podcast. I want to continue on with it for years to come. So here we go. Work with me. Be patient with me while I work out this crazy schedule 
that I am currently on with my job and everything else in between. And we'll get some more episodes out. I am a one-man show. Um, (laughs) So bear with me. I'm the one that does the recordings, edits them, puts them out. Hence why I don't do very much editing, if at all. Because I want you guys to feel like you're talking with me and sitting across the table from me. Or sitting in my truck, taking a drive and talking. Because frankly, that's what I think where all of my best thoughts come out is when I'm just sitting down and thinking and talking and when I'm driving, I'm talking and just things come out that frankly I don't think would come out in any other time. And I seriously appreciate your everybody's patience with me with this and we'll get some more episodes going please if you are wanting to hear something specific message me on Instagram or on Facebook and uh, obviously all of that will be on the outro recording on where to find me so go ahead and message me and I will get to you and your request as soon as I possibly can. Thank you so much, and I hope you all have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to this episode of LDS Popcorn Talk. I am Brother Sampson. And just a few things now. We are now available on Apple Podcasts, so if you've been listening on Spotify or Stitcher or anything like that, let your friends know that we are now available on Apple Podcasts. If they use Apple products, they can now access us. So just have them search for LDS Popcorn Talk. I'm really excited about that because it reaches a wider variety. Also, you can go over to iTunes.com and put in a rating. That would be very, very helpful for us. So seriously, even if you're not using iTunes, go over to iTunes, give us a five-star rating. That'll really help us move up in the charts and get more people to find us and see us um, and get to listening to the podcast. I appreciate everything all of you listeners do for us here. Um, Right now, not taking any donations or anything like that, but if you do want to donate so that we can keep this podcast running, please jump on over to Facebook or Instagram, search for, uh, at fa- on Facebook, search for Popcorn Talk with Brother Samson on Instagram, LDS Popcorn Talk, and let me know, and we can figure out a way to get a donation or whatever going, um, but as of right now, it's not a necessary thing, so the biggest thing is go to whatever area you are listening to us and leave us a rating. If it's got a rating option, please five-star review. That would be awesome. I really appreciate you guys listening in, and I hope you have a wonderful and a blessed day. Mm-hmm.